Good evening, Lake Church. I probably really could have screamed loud enough and it wouldn't have been a problem, but we are so happy that each and every one of you are here tonight, and let's take a moment to welcome our online audience. Give them a clap and a shout. So glad that you can join us tonight. Um, Before we get started with our service in source code, it's not up there anymore, but we want to share with you some announcements. So the first one, um, this Saturday at 10 a.m., we will be having a memorial service for Richard Mueller, if anyone would like to join the family in the celebration of his life. Also, Lake Church will be providing... Uh, lunch for them for the family right afterwards so if you would like to bless the family and help provide a dish we would love for you to um, participate in that with us and if you would there's a sign-up sheet and guest services for that then we will be having water baptisms Sunday that's a celebration right there if you are interested there will be an event on the Lake Church Facebook page to where you can go and sign up for that and be sure and bring a towel and a change of clothes if you want to be comfortable after the uh, service or after the baptisms. Then we have Wonder Woman Conference coming up. That is in a week, okay? So that will be on March 7th and 8th. Once again, you can go to the event on our Facebook page to sign up. You can also go to lake-church.com to the event tab and sign up there. Plus, we have our church app that has all the information about that conference coming up. So you can get the details and sign up. It's too late for a t-shirt, though, if you haven't gotten one already. Then, after that, in April, on April 25th through the 27th, we will be having our Disclosure Conference with our own Pastor Greg, Pastor Kevin, and then also Bob Yandian will be joining in that um, group of gentlemen to share that information with you. So, for um, any information, like I said, on, on any of the events, it's on our website, our Facebook event page, and then also on the church app. So now we are going to move over to our tithes and offerings. That should get you excited, right? So if you would like to give tonight, we have many, many ways to give. It's up on the screen. We have our app to where you can give on that. Very simple. Once you get signed up for it and your banking information there, you just go in on the Give tab, give your amount, and send it. Then you have your text to give, and then you also can go to lake-church.com to give online. There's a giving tab on that page as well. Also, we have envelopes in the seat back, so if you want to drop some cash in there, a check, credit card information, please feel free to do so. And then on your way out, there's a bucket by the door that you can drop it in. But also, we want to focus on our vision 2025. Okay, we've got one person excited about that. I know we're talking about it every Sunday and Wednesday night, but we do not want you to forget that we have this because it's 2024, and we are like almost into March now. So we don't have a lot of time, but we know that everyone joined together, start dropping some money in that box there. There's one out in the foyer also. You can drop it off on your way out or when you come in. I mean, if you really want to do it in the middle of the service, I think Pastor Greg would probably let you. Wouldn't probably frown on it too much. So, that being said, if you'll bow your heads, I'll pray over the offering tonight. 
Father God, we just want to come to you and let you know how thankful we are to be in your house, Lord, tonight. And Father God, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for all your promises. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Father God, I just pray that each and every one of us will be able to remove the distractions from this day that are in our minds so we can open up our eyes and open up our ears and our hearts can be prepared to receive the word that you are going to bring us tonight, Father God. And Father God, we just love you and we bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Well, is Josiah Mullins here? Josiah, come on up here, brother. He's got a good testimony he wants to share. Always good to hear these good testimonies about what God's doing in the lives of people. Amen? Go ahead, brother. So I'm sure uh, some of you have been in a situation where um, you've had some things coming up that you have to pay for, and the money's not necessarily there. I'm sure I'm not the only one. And we found ourselves in that situation this week. But I also knew that there was a, uh, so at our work, they give out bonuses every year. Well, in my head, we kind of did the math, and I had a certain amount, and it wasn't going to be enough. So I get to work yesterday, my boss slides me this paper, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, that's way more than what I thought, and I got, I got to go back, because we, we had a hard time tithing when we first came here. And uh, just like Rhonda was talking about, you... You tithe, and it's the only thing that God says, test me and see if I don't open the floodgates of heaven. Well, he opened them yesterday, and I'm looking at it, and I, I asked my boss, I go, is this going to, this is the amount in my bank account? I'll, I'll see that. And she goes, yes. And so I leave the room, and I'm like trying to hold it in, trying to hold it in. And, and the whole time, I dropped Colton off at school that yesterday, and I'm driving into work, and the Lord had given me Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory, which his riches in glory don't end because that's who he is. Amen. So I get to work, I see this, and I walk out, and I'm like, You're, my God will, my, your riches in glory. And I get to the bathroom, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like freaking out. <laughs> and I'm like, morning, morning, how are you? Good morning. Oh, my gosh. Like just, so I text Adria, and she, all she said was, what? And it takes, you got to know her. She doesn't just, she doesn't go speechless. Mm -hmm. Only God can do that. Yeah. My God will supply oh. all your needs according Howdy. to his riches and glory. It was more than double what I had thought. So I just wanted to share hey, that. that so. good. Good. More marriage counseling in the future for <laughs> Josiah and his wife. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we've been talking about the divine life of the Word. And uh, I just really feel like we just need to exercise ourselves in um, recognizing, identifying, actualizing that life and releasing that life into our situations. Because Jesus said that I am come that you might have life that you might have it more abundantly. And that word abundantly, it doesn't just simply mean quantity, but it means quality. So the quality of life should be superior in the life of a believer. 
But many times I have faced and you have faced seasons in which that's not a reality. That's not a reality in our life. And we don't understand why we go through seasons in which we are tried and tested and seasons in which we experience victory. We have to understand that God's into a process, that he's transforming us from glory to glory, and he does it through his word. And if we don't have a relationship with this, then we're not going to see that divine life begin to emanate from on the inside of us. You know, these scriptures like, he that hath the Son has life. Those aren't just written so that we can, you know, find comfort in their beautiful phraseology. I mean, they're realities. But many times I have found in my own life that I haven't actualized that. That's not something that's a reality to me. And I'm certainly not talking it. I'm certainly not speaking it. See, in order to release the divine life on the inside of you, you've got to know that it's yours through the Scripture. And then you have to release it by the words of your mouth and the actions of your life. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen? And so as we begin to talk, and that's the reason why that we're going to talk a lot about confession and talk a lot about taking what the Word says and making it applicable to our lives Because too many believers are fighting battles with their mouth closed. Have you ever heard someone across the table say to you, Well, I've prayed. I've been praying. I've really been seeking the Lord. Or I've been going to church. This is the first time I've went to church in years and years and years. And it just seems like nothing is breaking forth. Or they'll say things, well, I've served the Lord, and I give, and I give to missionaries, and I do all these things, and it just doesn't seem like anything is pushing this obstacle away from me. Many times it's because they are not declaring out of their mouth the reality of a word that God has birthed in their spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. So we'll we'll get in deep. Amen? Amen. All right. So we're going to look at the difference between a Logos word and a Rhema word. Okay? Because we see in our English translations the word, word, but we need to go to the original language to understand what the definition is. Of that word is because there's two main Greek words for word. One is logos, which means the written word. The other is rhema, which means the spoken living word. Okay? Now, when we read scriptures, and we'll look at them here tonight, where Jesus refers to the word... Majority of times, Jesus talks about a word like, if my word abides in you, okay? He's using not logos. He's using the word rhema. And that's where a lot of people get confused because they say, Pastor, I'm reading my Bible. I'm reading my Bible. I, you know, and, 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 and I, I even go through the scriptures. I even speak forth the scriptures. Well, 
Many times when we confess the Word, we're getting ourselves in a place where a rhema can be birthed within us. Do you understand that? So a lot of times, we'll, you know, they'll hear people are into formulas. You know, they're into formulas. So they're into, you know, A and B and C and D and the 12 steps of this and the five steps of that and the subsets of this and all this stuff. And they like it wrapped up in a nice little bow. But how many realize that walking in relationship with God can't be wrapped up in a nice little bow all the time? Amen? There's a lot of open, frayed ends to our situation sometimes. Amen? But we can develop a relationship with the Word to where the Word begins to be birthed within our heart to be released out of our mouth and bring about the power that is inherent in that Word active in our lives. Amen? So let's look at a couple of scriptures in which Jesus used this because people will say, well, you know what, uh, Pastor, I did exactly what you said. I went to the Bible and I read that scripture, okay? I read that healing scripture. I read that deliverance scripture. And they think that's it. You know, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm done. I'm glad I'm done with that. <laughs> you know, all right, I'm done with that, you know, and that's not it at all. No more than, how many are gardeners in here? I know that Kelly likes to grow flowers. She's got that gift from her grandmother. I have a black thumb. I kill. Plants come home and they don't grow and they don't produce, okay? We lived out here on the back 40 in uh, Tarleton, Oklahoma, Tarleton, America. And that is the place where all of the soil is sandstone. Okay, so anytime we tried to dig into the ground, we hit a sandstone. And over and over. In fact, we found so many sandstones in our garden area that we made a wall with the sandstones. Okay? And sandstones multiply. They rub together and have babies. (laughs) Come on, they do. And, I mean, you try to dig, you know, uh, for a fence, post hole diggers, you know. How many know what I'm talking about? Yes, I did do those things. Some of you don't think that I'm rugged enough to do that. But I was a rugged, manly man. I ate manwiches. And I worked out in the field. All right? So we're, you know, we're hitting rocks. So the first thing that has to happen if you're going to have a garden is you've got to somehow change the soil. Because if the soil could produce what you want to produce, it would already do it. Amen? And so we had to do that. And we had what was known as a chicken coop. How many raise chickens? Chickens are bad birds. Any bird that can produce ammonium nitrate is a bad bird. And so what we would do is, is we would go and we would shovel the floor of the chicken house to get all the 
stuff off the floor, all the f- droppings off the floor that was about this thick, and we would throw it and hurl it on that, so- on that soil and let it sit. And then we'd take a tiller and we'd till it into the soil. Okay? You've got to learn that in order to grow something, you have to prepare the soil of your heart. There's many times we come into a service or we come into a teaching and we think, man, I'm, I'm going to get it, but our soul isn't ready. We're not ready to receive the seed. No, you need to come to places like this ready to receive. Amen. Ready to receive. Keep your soil ready to receive the Word of God. Now, the devil will distract you with all kinds of various things that he'll put in front of you. You'll, some of you feel rushed to be here. That's a form of distraction. It keeps you from, or maybe you fought with your spouse before you got here, you know. There's all kinds of things that he will pull to try to get you to not have your soil ready. How many know what I'm talking about? Some of the worst fights I've ever had is on the way to church. And I'm the preacher. Hello. I'm busy repenting and throwing holy water on myself and everything, trying to get right with the Lord so that I can minister to you guys. He doesn't want your soul ready. Some are are hardened in bitterness and offense and unforgiveness, and their soil is not ready. Okay? Jesus referred to the word as rhema many times, and we're going to look at it. And the rhema word is a living and active word. It's a word that is caught in the soil of your heart and is energized with the power of God to where you see something you could not see before. It prompts you to act. It prompts you to make a decision in regards to that word. There are times you come to church, you go about your business, you go about your day. There are other times you come to church and you say, Man, I need to really think about this situation. Do you see what I'm saying? You can listen to someone in a podcast, and it really just kind of wash over you. Listen, you're getting benefits because your spirit is always active. But there are times in which God will speak to you through a teaching or speak to you through something, and you know that it is life-altering. You know that something spiritual is transacting in my life. How many know what I'm talking about? And that should be more common than it is. That should be way more common than it is. But that shows you the level of distraction that the enemy has in our lives. So I want us to look over at uh, Matthew 4. Matthew 4. It's very familiar scripture to us all. In reference to the temptation of Jesus, he was 40 days in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. In verse number 2, and it says, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now notice this. He was tempted of the devil the entire time, but the devil comes in, puts his three main temptations 
at his weakest point. So if the devil's so strong, why does he have to come to you at the weakest point? Amen. If he could manhandle you, make you do something, why couldn't he do it at the beginning of the 40 days? He has to come in the 40 days and give these three temptations. And these three temptations are the same temptations, are basically the, the, the same rundown that Adam and Eve went through. Okay? So notice he, he says this. It says, he was hungry, and the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God. Now notice this. The first thing that the enemy attacks is your identity. The first thing he attacks. If you are the Son of God. Well, Jesus had just heard that when he was baptized in the River Jordan by his cousin. He heard the voice say, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That was something that he had to take hold of. That was a word that was given to him to prepare him for the temptation that he was about to go into. See, God will get prepare you with a word to go through something. And it's not just a warning like you can't be upset if a word comes to you. Because many times, you know, someone will prophesy or say something to me. Oh, the Lord told me to tell you this. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I'm fixing to go through some rough stuff. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay. But that's not what we're, we're not to be fearful. The word is what we'll hang on to as we're going through the storm. Okay. So he'll give you a word. I remember when I was in the hospital one time. And, uh, you know, I didn't know what was going on with me at the time. I didn't have any idea. And they weren't telling me anything. And I felt fine. I felt like everything was okay. And then all of a sudden I was praying and the Spirit of the Lord said, there's going to be a false alarm that's going to happen. Someone's going to raise a ruckus. Don't worry about it. It's not what they think it is. And so immediately this nurse came into the room and she took, I, you know, they give you that little water cup, you know, and the, that little water speaker. And she took it and she threw it in the sink there and said, you can't have any of this. You can't have any more water. And she started, you know, because basically what was happening, because they diagnosed me with heart failure, they didn't want me drinking any excess water. But she was throwing a fit. And the enemy was using that to bring fear into my mind. But the Lord preemptively told me this was going to happen and to not worry about it because it wasn't as if they... She apologized later. But she, she acted totally out of line. Now, I love our nurses. I love nurses. I love doctors. Don't have a problem. But they're humans. Amen? And sometimes they don't act very nice in the hospital. Not every, every day are they got a bright, cheery countenance to them. She was upset, threw that in there, and it, it would have been alarming. If I hadn't had that word, I would have thought something was really wrong with me. I would have thought that. See, he wants to deceive you with the very same thing that God wants to release you with, which is words. Amen? So the enemy's got some words, does he not? 
He likes to tell you what they are. You're going to die. You're not going to make it. You're going to go broke. You're not going to, you're going to get fired. You know, they don't like you. You're ugly. Hello. You're stupid. You're dumb. We sit and laugh about that. But if we really took an inventory of our mindscape, we'd see that our mindscape is filled with all kinds of words like that. That he tries to deposit. What he wants to do is get that mental assault in here. Because if he can get your heart and capture your heart, he'll control your speaking. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaketh. Amen? So if he can get you in a perpetual cycle of speaking what he wants you to speak, like I'm ugly, no one likes me, no one cares about me, I'm all alone, uh, I've, you know, I've never got a shot, no one cares, I'm rejected, I'm dejected, I, sh- I really shouldn't be alive. You start speaking that stuff. You're creating harvest. You're sowing. See, there's no greater voice in your life than your own. Your body responds to your voice. That's studies. That's science. What you say, your body listens to. And if you continue to speak negativity about your situation, you continue to yield to the voice of the enemy and begin to parrot his words, you're basically getting yourself in a perpetual process of destruction. Because he's basically sowing his seeds in your field. Amen? Okay, all right. Now notice this. He attacks his identity. He says, if you are the son of God, he said, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered it, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, not logos, rhema. That's a different spot, guys. That's a different spot. He's not talking about just reading my Torah Are reading my daily devotion. He said, man, the the, rhema word from God is the equivalent to the sustenance of bread. Listen listen to that. A rhema word from God is akin to the substance of bread. He likens it to the main staple of that time, which was bread. They were not, you know, these diet fads, no carb fads, you know. They, 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 they loved the carbs. They ate bread, okay? And it says that the word, not just a Logos word, but a revealed, living, active word is like physical bread to your body. So what physical bread does to our body, it gives us strength, it gives us energy, 
It causes us to be healthy. Come on now. So everything in the physical is inferior to that which is spiritual. So anything that transfers into our life spiritual is 10 hundred million times greater than what we can receive in the natural. Where physical bread brings about sustenance and strength, spiritual rhemas from God, words from God that we build our life on, that change the way we see, change the way we act, change the way we speak, sustain and strengthen us. Through the midst of adversity. Amen. He said man shall not live by bread alone. But by every remata. That is spoken. The spoken word. Every rhema of God. So I need to get in the process. Of cultivating. My garden. To cultivate rhema words from God for my life. Are you getting a hold of this? See, this is important. My prayer life is the cultivation of my field. My worship life is the cultivation of my field. It's not a race that I'm running. It's not a stair step that I'm trying to achieve. It's me activating what God has already put within me. See, everybody here probably owns their home or at least rents a home that has land around it. Otherwise, you'll just be floating in air and that's no good. You can make that grow something. No matter where you're at, you can be in the most polluted area of the city, or you can be in the most pristine place in the country. You can make the soil grow something, but it has to be made to grow. It isn't just going to grow on its own. The only thing that's going to grow on its own is weeds and things that you don't necessarily care for. Hello. But here's how we treat our spiritual life. We come into the Word of God and we just take a big old glob of it and we just kind of throw it around. Now you might get a spring here and a spring there. And it might seem very good to you. But it's only when you cultivate the garden of your heart to really receive the Word of God... So that it'll take root and begin to produce a crop. See, I need a tree of healing on the inside. How about you? I need a tree of healing. I don't just need a healing. I need a tree of healing. I need something that's going to produce fruit in my life. Listen, you have the ability to cultivate and become a master gardener in the Word of God. You can cultivate your spiritual life to where you will have perpetual fruit in your life. It does not mean that you will not face adversity. It does not mean that you will not face problems. But you will have the fruit 
to sustain you to overcome every situation in your life if you'll use what God has already put on the inside of you. But religion always puts everything outside. I've got to achieve this. I haven't went to, you know, this first thing the enemy tells you, you haven't went to church enough. You haven't read your Bible enough. You haven't prayed enough. It has nothing to do with the soil that's on the inside of you. It has nothing to do with the integrity of the Word. It has nothing to do with what you have on the inside of you. He wants you looking outside. Oh, listen to me, please. Every New Testament prayer that the Apostle Paul listed in his epistles is a prayer that is not to get something, but it's a prayer to know something. It's not about, God, give me wisdom. It's realizing that Jesus has become our wisdom and that Christ in you, the hope of glory, resides on the inside. It's not, Lord, give me peace. I need peace. We realize the Prince of Peace lives on the inside of us. We release that peace through revelation. Rhema words from God. When we're being bombarded with situations and circumstances that are trying to steal our peace, we say, no, the Lord has given me his peace, and no one can take it away from me. I yield to the Prince of Peace on the... Come on now. Well, you know, that just sounds weird. If it's not weird, you're not doing it right. If you're not a weirdo, if people don't think you're a weirdo, you're not living the Christian life right. Jesus talked to trees. Well, I, I think we should be dignified and, you know, and be very astute and erudite and sophisticated. No, you're supposed to be a fool. Hello, you're, you look foolish. You look foolish when you speak to those storms. You look foolish when you say, no, I believe God's going to get us through this. Hello. You look foolish to the doctor when you say, you know, no, I will not die. I'll live. I appreciate your help, doctor, but that's not what I believe. Listen, it's the weirdos that overcome. Let me say that again. Some of you need to hear that. It's the weirdos that overcome. See, most of you are afraid of ridicule. That's the reason why you won't open your mouth to say what you know to need to say. You're afraid someone's going to mock you. Hello? I would much rather be healthy and whole and considered foolish by the world than to be sick, broken, poor, and be popular in the world. Amen? There's people say, tone it down, brother. Tone it down. Dial it down a bit. You're making us nervous. You're saying crazy stuff. I'm telling you, it's the crazy ones that get the victory. Hello? It's the crazy ones that get the victory. 
God uses the foolish things to confound the worldly wise. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great event in your life when the doctors look at you and they say, we don't know why you're still here. And, you know, you can have a little revival. You know, my little doctor, she looks at me and, and she says, well, if I look at you, you don't even look at me sick at all. You know, you know uh, if I go by all your tests and everything, you're not together. I said, I'm not. And she goes, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I wish I had a tape recorder. Because they don't say that very often. But notice this. It's a rhema word from God. See, when I faced a situation with my health, I had all the Logos. I knew the Logos. I knew what Isaiah 53, 4, and 5 said. I knew what Psalm 103 said. I knew what Exodus 15, 26 said. I can quote them to you frontwards and backwards. I even got Charles Capp's book. And I'd go down to the camp and I would read those Confessions over and over and over and over again. I would read them for hours and speak them forth. I'd get on top of the picnic tables at the camp and declare over Keystone Lake what the Word of God said over my body and over my life. How many know what I'm talking about? This is stuff that you got to do when you're in a battle. you got to open your mouth. Don't shut your mouth. Open your mouth. Say what God's Word said. Well, I don't feel like it's working, and I don't feel like it, and I just got this bad report. Listen, I would go there when I had some of the worst reports in my life, when they just flat told me, you're always going to have this, you're never going to be this, you're going to be at this same place, and you're going to get worse. Right before Christmas last year, they sat me down and said, we need to put you on a heart transplant list. And we need to put you, you know, we need to size you up for a heart pump. So I'd be walking around like Darth Vader with his little squeeze box on the side of me. I wasn't going to have it. I said I wasn't going to have it. Now, I had gotten in the Word. I had spoken the Word. I had seen God sustain me this entire time. But I knew in the beginning was the Word. That means I tackle everything with a Word from God. All I got to do is get in here and get a Word from God. If I can get a Word from God... then my situation will change because God's Word does not return to Him void. It accomplishes what it was sent to accomplish. And I just need to get a Word. So I, Karen, went to a ladies' meeting and I got down on my knees and I began to worship the Lord. I began to worship the Lord until I got a word. Now, listen, guys, you've got to learn to press in. That's something I can't teach you. I can't teach you how to press in other than just persist. Jesus says, knock, and it shall be opened. Seek, and ye shall find. Amen? Amen? 
I mean, my goodness. Yeah, I had to persevere. I had to persevere in prayer. Now, I don't say that to pat myself on the back because it's not a work. The reason why I have to persevere is not because God's withholding from me, waiting for me to get to that magic number where he can go, it shall be done. (laughs) I'm opposed by the enemy. I'm opposed by my own thinking. I'm opposed by my own flesh. And I have to press through those three veils to get to the gold that God has for me in his word. Because the whole time I'm listening and I'm believing. Is this helping anybody here tonight? I'm doing battle. You open this book, you're doing battle. You start confessing this, you're doing battle. You start believing and embracing these things, you're doing battle. It wasn't that God sitting there saying, well, he's got a couple more hours. And then I'll start working in his life. If you've got that mindset of God, you have the wrong mindset. He told Daniel, Daniel had to fast for his rhema. Did you know that? He had to fast for his rhema. Remember that story? He fasted for 21 days. But when the angel finally arrived, the angel said, the minute you prayed. Oh, you didn't. He said, the minute you prayed, I was sent. Not when God felt like you'd prayed and fasted enough. He didn't wait till day 13. He didn't wait till day 20. Before you even fasted, before you even thought about fasting, the minute you gave yourself and requested it, I was sent to give you the answer. See, we've got to see God that he responds to us. The Bible says that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, We know that we have. Oh, come on now. When you know you have his ear, you know you have. You know when you're talking to your spouse and they're listening to you and when they're not listening to you. You can give very specific instructions and think, okay, he's got it. My wife will tell me, I need you to do this, this, and this. And I'm not even listening to anything she says. But I will nod my head. Yes. Yes. And not even, not even, it won't even register on my mind. Well, does that mean that she can have confidence that I'm going to go and pick up what you want? No, she's not going to have confidence because she sees the blank stare on my face. But when she takes, and this is what she'll do. She'll take my face and look at me, Greg... Don't look so sheepish, man. I know that they've done it to you, too. Listen to me. I need you to get... My my wife is a very exacting person. She likes things followed to the absolute letter. She will tell me how to drive to the place. Hello. 
And she'll say, I need you to respond to me so that I know that you have heard what I have said to you. And she gets that enunciation in her voice, you know, very clear and concise language. Well, some people, their prayer life is not concise. Their prayer life's not based upon the Word of God. It's based upon emotion and based upon fear and based upon feelings. And they don't have the confidence that God heard them. So therefore, they do not have the confidence to receive from Him. I hope this is helping you. The Bible says, this is 1 John 5, 14 and 15, if we ask anything according to his will. So we have to know the will of God. Where's the will of God found? Right here. Amen. So I got down on my knees and began to worship the Lord because I knew if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. So I set forth my cause, just like a lawyer would set forth his cause before a judge. And I began to lay the scriptures out. With long life, will you satisfy me and show me your salvation? I will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. I will walk with the Lord in the land of the living. Over and over, scriptures would pour out of me. As I worshiped the Lord and I laid my case before the Lord. Amen. As I'm laying my case before the Lord, a lot of people stop. They stop at the last scripture. They stop at, you know, the last, you know, whatever confession comes to their mind. You need to stay and wait. You need to learn to wait on the Lord. Well, I get bored, you know. My knees hurt or all kinds of excuses people have. Well, I got kids and I, you know, I mean, the enemy will use everything. You got to learn to wait on the Lord and you don't have to be in absolute silence to do it. You can be doing dishes and waiting on the Lord. You can change diapers and wait on the Lord. You can mow your grass and wait on the Lord. You can go to work and wait on the Lord. It's a a disposition that you have, that I'm open. My soil is open. I'm ready to receive something from you, Lord. I'm ready to hear your voice in this. And many times, he will use the exact scripture I confessed. He won't give me something new. He'll just say, Bam, and I know I got it. Some of you need to hear this. Bam. Out of 10 scriptures, one. Out of 20 scriptures, one. Bam, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I said it's mine. It's mine. It's no longer on a page, it's no longer in my mind. It's mine. It's in my soil. Yes. Come on. Oh, 
Okay, all right. John, John, the 15th chapter. John 15. This is another place in which he uses, and this is applicable to where we're at right now. Notice 15, 7. He says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Now, a lot of people have the mistaken notion that what he's saying is that this is like the old Sears and Roebuck catalog we had when we were kids. I mean, remember Christmas with the Sears and Roebuck catalog. I mean, that was even more fun than getting the toys. You know, you, you'd get that thing and you'd, yeah, I'd look at it all that whole time. And I'd, have, you know, take a marker and mark what I wanted. Made sure that when my mom looked at it, she would know what I wanted for Christmas. Come on now, how many know what I'm talking about? And a lot of people have that a- attitude towards the Word. They think, well, if I just get in it and look at it and put my face on it, that it's going to be mine. But that's not what he said. Come on, guys. Come with me, all right? He says, if you abide in me, that means that you're joined with me. If we're joined with him, we abide in him. He says, and my words. So it's not just enough to abide in him. You can abide in him and, and die. You can abide in him and be broke. You can abide in him and still get divorced. You can, come on. You can abide in him and still, you know, not overcome in areas of life. But then he gives us the key. He doesn't just stop there. Because if you just stop there, that'd be great, wouldn't it? If you abide in me, bam, period. Man, wow. But he doesn't say that. He said, in my words... My rhema. He's not talking about you just looking at the Sears and Robux catalog. He's saying that this has actually transferred from page to soil. You've actually become one with the word. When a seed goes into the ground, it becomes one with the soil. In fact, it begins to lose its identity within the soil. It begins to break apart, develop a root system, begins to tap in to the nutrients and the other things that it needs to grow. It begins to find it where? In the soil. It finds it in the soil. There's not a special team that comes from somewhere else and provides the nutrients and provides the water. It is provided by the place in which it is planted. And the minute it is planted, it becomes one with the soil. So when the Word of God really gets on the inside of you, it will wake you up at night. It will talk to you while you're driving. It will speak to you when you're in adversity. It will shout at you when you are facing tragedy in your life. It is one with you. It will talk to you. It will wake you up at night. It will call you to change the way you think when you're thinking wrong you say no I'm not going to think that way anymore God has said God has spoken I've got this tree on the inside of me that won't allow me to speak negativity out of my mouth I know Mr. Devil 
You want to tell me that I'm going to die, that I'm not going to make it, but I won't say it because that's not the garden that's on the inside of me. It might look barren on the outside, but I'm filled with life on the inside. You've got to learn how to get. You know, my, my, my father in the faith, David Emi, he had a revelation of this that he tried to teach us. And, you know, I don't know that he was that successful. It's, it's very difficult for people to understand that one of the major revelations and one of the major things that you have to cultivate as a believer is the ability to receive. He said he was praying one morning and went to get some orange juice out of his refrigerator. And the Lord said, you want to know what the number one thing that you need to cultivate in your life? He said, what is it, Lord? You could think of all kinds of things, couldn't you? He says, you need to learn to receive. Hmm. There's people that don't know how to receive. They don't know how to receive it at all. They can't even receive groceries from a neighbor. Try to help them with money, they refuse it. You think that you can't receive from a physical hand? You think you're going to receive from an invisible hand? That same pride's going to keep you from receiving your answer. And people don't receive. They don't know how to receive from the Lord. It requires humility to receive. Amen? When we come to a place like this and we receive the Word of God, we need to be saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you. I receive. I receive this into my spirit. I receive it. Doesn't mean I have it up here. Doesn't mean I may not even understand the concepts up here, but, but I'm receiving because my spirit is way more advanced than my mind is, way more advanced than, than my thinking. And the Word of God is spirit food. So therefore, it's, I'm getting fed regardless of whether I feel that I'm getting fed. I hate it when people say, well, I'm not going there because I don't get fed. You're just not eating. You're not receiving. I said, you're not receiving. Come on. Hello. You've got to learn to eat. You've got to learn to receive. You've got to learn to take in. Be nourished up in the words of faith like we talked about. Amen. Realize that the sincere milk of the word is what we uh, babes take in so that we can grow. Let's look at another scripture as we close. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Pastor, I'm using all the faith that I have. I'm doing everything I know to do. I'm making my confessions. I'm making, you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm not seeing anything. Have you ever said that? Have you ever heard anybody say that? Of course, I've said it. I've said it. I've gotten so mad at the Lord. Listen, if you ain't walked with the Lord very long, and you ain't got mad at him, you haven't walked. Uh... Hello. It's a relationship. Guys, I remember I couldn't afford diapers for my baby, and I just learned some of the truths that I'm teaching you right here. 
And I remember we were going down to beautiful, wonderful Silver City in the middle of the night. And I didn't have gas to go to work. And I remember I was so mad that I punched my windshield and broke it. That's how wonderful I was of a believer. <laughs> Hello, we've all been there. But what I didn't understand is, yes, I was finding scriptures that had to do with my situation. But this isn't Harry Potter, guys. These aren't spells. They, it, it, it's, it's a system. You know, Jesus talked in agrarian terms. Did you know that? And the reason why he talked about spiritual things in agrarian terms, and you hear people say, well, he was not in this technological age that we're in, in the digital age, and so he used illustrations that were common to the people that he was speaking to. No. The kingdom of God works like agriculture. It always works like agriculture. So it wasn't really that I'm, I'm driving down the road, Mark, with the seed packet on my dash. But the seeds aren't in the proper place. They're not in my heart. Oh, you're not getting this. See, my dad, he'd buy a flat. Me and my sister hated it. He'd buy one of them flats, you know, about this time of year. He'd buy a flat with all these seed packets in there. And the seed packets had like okra and stuff like that, all the food we didn't like. Every bit of it. We hated it. You mean, we don't even like this stuff and you're going to make us grow it? He'd bring that flat in there. One time we got so busy... That we miss the time of planting. Sometimes you can miss the time of planting. And that flat of seed sat on our bar in our kitchen and missed the season for planting. That means this. No matter how much I wanted okra, fried okra, I wasn't going to get no fried okra unless I went down to Phelps and bought it. Even though I had the packet with the picture on the front, it would not feed me. It would not sustain me. When a Bible is sitting empty on your shelf, sitting empty on your table, it's not in the proper soil. This is not the proper soil for the seed of the Word of God. It's your heart. God will grow it if you'll plant it. Hello, he'll do it if you'll plan it. And we didn't have a garden that year. And there's a lot of believers that haven't had a garden in a long time because they refuse to work the process. They think their pastor should be the only gardener. I can't mess in your garden. Did you know that? I can't mess in your garden. All I'm doing is taking the seed 
and just kind of, and you got to, you got to take it. You got to, oh yeah, I need that. I'm taking that. And how do I receive it? Well, I begin to thank God for it. Thank you, Lord, for this revelation of healing or this revelation of breakthrough or this revelation. I thank you, Father God. I receive it and I cultivate it in my life. I receive it in the soil of my heart. And I believe that it's going to bring forth a, a, a harvest in my life. And then every time I think about it, I thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that seed. Thank you, Lord. For, and I begin to confess the scriptures that back what that seed is. So if it needs healing in my body, I say, oh, I'm so grateful for Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, who forgave all my iniquities and who healed all of my diseases. Psalm 107, he sent his word and he healed me and he delivered me. And I, what am I doing? I'm, I'm working in the garden. I'm not working in my garden when I go to WebMD. Or I start talking to Google. Come on now. Well, I'm looking up my symptoms. No. Come on. I'm not asking you to ignore. Come on. We're not asking you to ignore or make believe it's not there. We're asking you to consider a higher source of revelation. That's all. Abraham considered his body now dead. That's what, the, that's what the Greek says. He considered his body now dead, unable to have kids. But he believed a higher revelation. See, I don't fight with doctors. They can say what they want. But I'm going to stop them so far. I'm going to say, yes, I thank you, doctor, but I believe. You can say something like, well, Jesus has me. He'll take care of me. That's all you have to say. That's based upon what? What's growing inside of you. See, you speak out of the abundance of your heart. But if you're filled with fear, you'll say stuff like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if it's going to. Come on, you, you speak out of the garden of your heart. Are you? Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Your tongue steers your life. Did you know that? It steers your life. It's your mouth. You want to know why you're in so much trouble? It's your mouth. Hello. Okay, let's go. Verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Okay. What's that word, word? It's not logos. It's rhema. Faith comes not from a mere reading of the logos. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if you're understanding me here because there's people that read chapters upon chapters upon chapters and faith never comes. Never comes. 
No. Faith comes not just by you studying. See, we, we believe that faith and knowledge are the same. And they're not. People will say, well, if I just know, then I'll overcome. That's not what the Bible teaches. Knowing is a part of faith. It's a component of faith. But faith is a knowledge that there is a living, active word behind what you're doing. It's not, I might be. It's, I am. It's such a reality in our heart that we can't be convinced otherwise. Are you with me? No one could convince us otherwise. Even when I would go through some of the things that I went through, and as depressed as I would leave that place, I never once embraced nor believed anything that they said. And, you know, people would try to talk to me about it. I would keep myself. I would, it wasn't that I would lie about it or anything of that nature. I just kept a guard on my mouth. There's things that my family doesn't even know about. My staff don't even know about. Because it would be foolish of me to deposit those seeds into my soil. That's the reason why gossip is such a killer. That's the reason why being loose-lipped is a... You know, the Bible tells you to have few words on the earth. The reason why? Because harvest time's coming. <laughs> and, you, you know, you better make sure that what you're saying... Come on now. It's true in your marriage, isn't it? You sow bad seeds, words into the, the heart of your spouse, you're going to get a harvest. It might not come immediately, but it's going to show up. You keep sowing those nasty seeds, start saying ugly things to one another, it's eventually going to come up. Amen? But notice this. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Now, it's not just the Word of God, like the King James says. It's Christos in the Greek. And the word Christ means anointed. So it's an anointed rhema. You understand the difference? How many understand the difference in that? There's some of these things I can't really articulate to you. It's, it's kind of like riding a bike. You try to teach your kids how to ride a bike, but they're not going to ride until they get behind it. They feel it. You know what I'm saying? It's like flying a plane. I can read a book about flying a plane, but until I get behind there and I begin to feel, I don't really know it. It's the same way with this. I can explain these things, but some of you have intuitively operated in this your whole life and weren't aware of it until... You saw it in the Word until you saw it through the teaching. But you've been doing it all along. You take in words into the soil of your heart, and you produce harvests. And you bear fruit. Whether it is bad words or good words. You produce what's put in you. If you had parents that spoke negatively over you, spoke stuff that was junk over you, you, you produce a harvest. Amen. And you produce fruit. 
And fruit is seasonal. So that means some months of the year you feel fine about. You don't have the low self-esteem problems. You don't have the rejection issues. But then all of a sudden you go into a season and all of a sudden you just feel absolutely insecure. You don't know why. You have no ability to know why it's happening right now. It's because it's coming season. See, the devil wants to cultivate a system within you. You want to know more about that? Buy Secret World. $50 tonight only. Amen. See, you are the product of words. In the beginning was the what? The Word. So everything begins with the Word. Everything is sustained with the Word. Everything ends with the Word. You are a culmination of words. That's the reason why God brought His Word to you to change the seed that changes the soil that changes the fruit of your life. And you can have a ticket to heaven and have hell on earth if you don't understand this system. Oh, I've run out of time. I told you guys I'd start getting you out early. So as you go watch Matlock reruns, whatever you want to do. He's about to give his final arguments. But I'm here to tell you, if you'll listen and take this in and realize that what you hold in your hand is not just some book that should be put on a shelf with other books. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And if you want spirit life to begin to abundantly spring, you've got to take the word seriously. Well, Pastor, I don't understand it. Don't need to. Keep reading it. I said keep reading it. You've got the author living on the inside of you. He'll show you. He'll show you. You've got to learn to trust him. You've got to learn to trust the Lord with the word of God. And you've got to be in a good Bible teaching church. Very important that you be around believers that are on the same quest you are and love that book as much as you love that book. It's a love affair, guys. It's a love affair. I mean, you know, people that garden, they love to do it. I never did. But, but they love to do it. I mean, they can't wait. They'll work hard jobs during the day, and they'll get their overalls on, and, oh, I'm getting out there. I'm going to, you know, and I'm sitting there saying, you are crazy nuts. That is the most stupidest thing I've ever seen in all my days. But boy, they enjoy it. But listen, we need to have that kind of joy and that kind of passion when it comes to the things of God. We need to say, listen, I'm getting in my garden today. And listen, when you take it like that, you you won't put off. Your Bible time. You won't put off church. You won't put off that Bible study group. You won't put off that stuff. Because you know that that's the harvest of your life. That's the seed that's going to produce the the harvest of divine life in me. I want more divine life. How about you? I'd like more peace and joy and comfort in the Holy Spirit. How about you? 
Well, I'm not going to get it by watching CNN. Or Fox. I'm not going to get it by, you know, getting on Netflix and binge watching. Does it mean that we can't do those things? It just simply means we have to cultivate our garden first. Amen? God is good. Hopefully you got something out of that tonight. We're going to have people up here. If you have a need in any area, if you need to be born again, you need to be filled with the Spirit, you need healing in your body, you need deliverance, or you just simply need prayer over a situation in your life, we're going to have ministers are going to be up here on either side of these altars. We also have these altars. They are fully functional. And they work. And if you'll take the time to seek the Lord, draw near to Him, He'll draw near to you. We also have communion up here. So if you feel like you need or a place where you need to interact with God in the realm of communion and remind yourself of the great things that Jesus did through His broken body and through His blood, We want you to partake of it anytime you so desire. These are things that he has given us to overcome. Let's take advantage of them. Amen? Look forward to seeing you on Sunday. We're going to continue Imager. Praise the Lord. Are you learning anything from Imager? I really need your encouragement. Because I'm I'm telling you... I get off the stage and he just tries to beat me up and say, you know what? Listen, if it's weird, it's important. And you've got to learn about stuff that are in the Bible. We can't bypass things. We've got to take the Bible for what it says, read it, study it. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.